Welcome to the teaching ministry of Pastor Taiwo Dukoya, the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Church. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will no doubt shape on your destiny in Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Please open your Bibles with me to the book of Revelation in chapter 3. I'll read from verse 7. Our theme for the year is a year of open doors. And the scripture is what I'm reading from now. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. This thing says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David. He who opens and no one shuts. And he who shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. I've kept my word, have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Verse 10 says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Praise the Lord. So our focus particularly is see, I have said before you, an open door. Uh, we've been dwelling on this since January the 1st, which happened to be a Sunday by the grace of God. So if you want to hear more about what we've been thinking, you can get the tips. But see, where I want to focus on today is the message was not to unbelievers, it was to Christians, so it was to a church. And it was talking to the leadership of the church and uh, seven churches as it were. And uh, five of them were heavily indicted Two were not. And this, this poem particularly seemed to be, I think, one of the most favorable. And hear what he says to them. When I open, no man can shut. When I shut, no man can open. And he started saying that because he said, I know your works. I know your accomplishments. I know your motives. I know your desires. And you see, you have kept my word. You have not denied my name. So in other words, you can do more than you have done. So you have entered a phase now where you are going to do much more. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Another thing about that statement is, it's not going to be by your struggle anymore. We are going to work together. So I have opened the door before you. But my focus today particularly is this. See. Because it's one thing for the door to be opened. It's another thing for you to know that the door is opened. I was writing many years ago, and there's this uh, allegory that I found in one of the books, illustrative books, and I experiment with fish in a transparent jar, a trough, and uh, partitioned in between transparent glass so the fish will not see. They won't see that. They, don't, they didn't know that there was a partition. So they have. Stab them a little bit and then drop their favorite food on the other side 
So they will go with speed. Bam! Wow. And then they heard their noses. They come back. Then they, they forget. Motivated by the hunger, they will rush again. Bam! Oh! They come back. And yet they could not get the food. It went on for a while. Then after a while, they dropped more and more food. They will not attempt anymore. Then they took the partitioning glass off. They never went to the food. They couldn't just see that there was no more barrier. They just could not see. They were used to being denied. They were used to starving. They were used to getting hurt trying to solve their starvation problem. Now that the food is available and the passage was free, they didn't go near it. So you can understand why the creator will say, See! I made you. I made the food you're looking for. I knew when you were hitting your head. I know the reason for that. But you see, I've removed that obstruction. See! You've come to believe in me. You are mine. But you are suffering like those who don't believe. Can't you see that there's no obstruction anymore? So I'm focusing on seeing today. And for me to be able to explain it well, the Holy Ghost led me to a scripture in the book of First John. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Hallelujah. This, this was a church too. And this time around, amazingly, it was John that received the revelation of the seven churches. But here it was John himself writing to the church as an apostle. Hallelujah. I can see what is written there. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Hello? Praise the Lord. Let me give you the context quickly before I begin to talk. In, the, in Revelations, the church there was threatened by persecution. They were being persecuted. And there were these people of the satanic church and they were not real. And so they gave impetus and they gave encouragement to their detractors, to the detractors of the church. So they joined forces and came against the church. So they were persecuted, they were attacked, they were being killed. And so that hindered their freedom to you know, spread the gospel. And that's why he said, I will bring them of the church of, of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and they are not, say, I will cause them to worship at your feet. And by so doing, you will know that I love you. And they will know that you are an unusual subject of my love. You are. So there was a persecution. There was something against the church. In the book of John, there was something too. But it wasn't persecution like this. It was the, 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 the rise of heretics. People who were worms amongst them. People who now began to say that they have some revelations that are contrary so they were coming to poison the church. So much so that people were getting, a few had been affected, and the rest who were not affected were not sure of themselves again. They were kind of, wow, where do we turn to? So the apostle, as it is usual of apostolic order, wrote, like you're hearing executive order in the U.S. today. You see what I mean? And that kind of, yeah, and executive order will change everything until another executive order. So apostolic order, he wrote to them. 
And what did he say? You are of God. Little children. So that could be the reason why you are not sure of yourself because you are little children. In the book of Revelation, it says, I know your works. Hello? He said, though your strength was small, so there is always a measure of inadequacy on the side of the, the, the oppressed. Because if you don't have that sense of inadequacy, you probably will rise up against the opposition. So here, there were giants coming to confuse them. So there was delusion going on, and it was coming in a seduction. So those who were standing, some were not sure anymore. But here the first sentence, you, that's emphatic, you. Is somebody hearing me? Remember I was talking to those who are born again children of God. You are of God. Little children. And have overcome them. Don't mind their noise. You have overcome them. Three, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In other words, be encouraged. And so he was saying to them, and how will he encourage them? How will he steady them? Can I tell you who you are? That was what he was doing. Let me remind you who you are. In other words, let me show you who you are. In other words, see you are of God. You know, one man was writing about this, making a comment on this. He said this was a battle of greatness. So first, you are of God. So permit me to dwell on that for a few minutes. You are a child of God. To forget that is to lose the battle up front. You are a son in the house. You are not a slave. In other words, let me borrow the word from my lawyer. Know your right. Know who you are. If you don't know who you are, the world will tell you who you are. And it will be a lie. You are of God. Little children. You see, the whole of the book of Ephesians in chapter 1, the Bible tells us that one thing that God planned to do, and which he did, redemption of man through Jesus, is to make sure that his son appeared here on earth. Why? Because all of a sudden, what used to be his territory became enemy territory. Hello? Remember how? Because he created the system and he gave authority to man. Hello? So as far as God was concerned, man was the king on earth. God's delegated king on earth. So they let them have dominion. Kings have dominion in their domain or kingdom. That means that they rule. And the Bible tells us that where the word of the king is, there is what? 
power. Glory be to God in the highest. But to see man willfully, legally, handed the authority to the devil in the Garden of Eden. And you know what the devil did? He seduced man. And so you can see the danger of what was happening to the church that John wrote. It was seduction. With what? Pleasure. There's nothing wrong with pleasure, but there will be everything wrong with pleasure if it's going to attack your identity. If it's going to attack your destiny, then there's everything wrong with pleasure. And because we have come to realize that there are just two ways, or rather two pursuits for every man living on the face of the earth, they say, what are they? Your destiny and your assignment. What's your destiny? I'm talking about your destination now. Heaven. God wants to make sure that you come back home safe. And he wants to make sure that you don't just walk through this system, that you accomplish what he sent you to do. You come back home safe and a celebrated hero. So that's why it's your destination or your destiny and your assignment, as it were. And what happened in the kind of Eden was that they were seduced away from their assignment and an accident occurred. How be it? Deliberate accident. And that's why it was sin, because it was disobedience on the side of man. You see, but it says seduction. Oh, yeah, the woman was seduced. But the man was not deceived. He knew. Hello. And so the whole territory was handed over to the devil. And that's why in the Bible you hear the prince, the power of the prince of the air. Or the, yeah, the power of the prince of the air, the devil. The god of this world, the devil. Come on. The spirit of wickedness that works in this, in, in, in children of disobedience, the devil. So, it's enemy territory. But you see, God will not leave things that way. Because what he ordained from the beginning is that let us make man in our image and, after, and let them have what? Dominion. You think God will give up that? No, let God be trying every man a liar. He will make sure that he, got, I mean, he concluded his assignment. And so that will mean that God will have to come in and take over the territory. How did he do that? So I asked the question, I asked the church, I said, what do you think was the purpose of Jesus coming to earth? Some say he came to save us. Perfect. He came to redeem humanity. Fantastic. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Yes. But I was waiting for something more. Because every answer was right. Something more. And I got it here. And amazingly, I got it from my wife. No, we don't discuss my message. No, we don't. She hears it for the first time like you hear it. And I'm telling the truth. Because I'm a, uh, I'm a late finisher. I finished my message here, sitting down here. Not because I was playing at home. I would have struggled the whole week. And God would be teaching me all, many, all, all manner of things, but I just would not be able to zero in what one, which one particularly. Okay, and she said, he came to change our status, fantastic. How? Because God had to adjust some status above to enter here. God will come. From the Godhead, somebody will come here. And the only person that will be legitimate or legal to walk and get it back will be a man. The devil did not deceive. The devil got it from a man. He obeyed, come on, he obeyed protocols. God gave it to man and he didn't get it from God. He got it from man. And so if God is going to get it back from the devil, it has to be a man. And so, God gave his son. 
Ladies and gentlemen, in the book of Philippians, Epistle of, to, the, to the Philippians, he said, hey, though he was equal to God, he counted no robbery. So he didn't create any violence in the Godhead. And yet, he descended to earth. Somebody said, Jesus was the spotless descent of God into man. He came down, and when he was here, the incarnate of God, he was man walking the face of the earth, yet he was God. He was among his creation, and yet the creator. That's why in the book of John, he said he came to his own, his own did not receive him. Yeah, though he created the world, he came and the world did not receive him. Because they didn't recognize him. But as many as received him, what? He gave what? Power. To become what? Come on. So what did he come to do? He came to change men's status. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will know what? Perish, but have what? Eternal life. He will be restored fully over and above, even where it was before. And so many believers were produced. Book of Hebrews says, it behoved him to bring many sons to glory. And so as many as believe him, they became sons. So the conclusion of that quote, it said, the spotless descent of God into men and the sinless ascent of man into God. Perfect unity. And when men attain that status, you will walk the face of the earth like Jesus walked the face of the earth. Everything created will bow to you. That's what I'm saying. And that's what, that's what it's all about. You are of God. So please, God has not given you the spirit of fear. Don't stay there expecting that one day you'll be swept away. No! You are different from them. You are of a noble descent. You are not like the men in the world that are getting slashed away easily. You are not. You are of God. You are a son. And if I quickly go to draw an analogy quickly from the Bible, there were both sons in the house, but one was so lousy, I mean, well, he was ambitious, but ambitious to a fault. I'm talking about the prodigal son. And lavished all his livelihood, his father's livelihood, that he bequeathed him, lavished everything, and then began to be in want. And he became, he became a slave. And he had nothing to eat. And he was dying of hunger, emaciated, stinking. And we easily want to eat what the pigs were eating, because there was nothing. And the Bible says, and no one. Don't deceive yourself. If you don't know who you are, you will struggle for a long time. Thank God for knowing your rights. How many people have languished in jail? Some died in jail because they, simply because they just didn't know their rights. Hello? And so the book of Ephesians will do you a lot of good, ladies and gentlemen. You can never have too much of it. Everywhere, every time I'm called to preach, you know, I'm, I'm, I just find myself inefficient. I'm like, ah, ah. every statement is loaded. Ephesians and Colossians are similar. One is a concise form of the other. Everything in Ephesians you find in Colossians, but Colossians seem like the abridged form of Ephesians, but the details, they are very similar. 
In fact, somebody said the longest sentence in the Bible, or the longest sentences in the Bible, you find in the book of Ephesians. Because all Paul needed to do was put his pen to paper, and he was so full of this thing that he, he just would not stop. He would digress and come back and digress and come back. Some digression will almost take the whole chapter, and he will come back. And so chapter 1 will tell you completely what the mission of Jesus was on earth. And chapter 2 will tell you how it applies to you. Hello? So you are sons, little children. Number two, you have overcome the world. You have overcome them. You have overcome the power in the world. You have overcome the power of seduction. You have overcome the power of, 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 of violence, of intimidation. I say you have overcome. Don't allow the fear of the devil. You are a son. You are not a slave. You should never be brought under the control of men again in your life. That is, you should never be brought into slavery under a man again. Never. You should never be brought into a place of intimidation by the devil again. See, what you don't know is that the devil knows who you are. But he knows too that you don't know who you are. So he plays on your ignorance. So it's all about your identity. Come on, Peter made it clear. He said, you are a chosen generation. Come on. You are cho specifically chosen. You are a royal priesthood. Don't behave like a slave anymore. Let the fear of falling, the fear of failing, the fear, let it go. Pastor, can't you see the economy? I see it. But the Spirit of God is saying, yes, I see but then, can you see who you are? Because knowing who you are, you will then have what it takes to overcome this. Because who you are will now lead to what you have. You are of God. Number two, you have overcome. And why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So it's a battle of greatness. Just the same way that Jesus did not fail, you cannot fail. In the name of Jesus. But it takes you knowing that as he was here and as he is now, so are you now. If you are born again, you know, I was reading the life of John G. Lake and I realized that, honest. I can show you five scriptures on which that man based his life and ministry. Boy, the man turned the world like this. He was one man that during the bubonic plague, the first time they had it in South Africa many years ago, centuries ago. He was in South Africa as a microbiologist sent from Britain or from America. Came with him, I don't know what organization. But he knew that God had sent him ahead as a missionary. So he was there when this thing was happening. And people would fall and fraught in the mouth. And if that fraught touches you, 
you're gone. It was similar to Ebola. I'm sure they're from the same family. As a matter of fact, they were referring to, them, to these situations when Ebola broke out. And one man was falling and was dying. And Jonjilek rushed to help. And he was commanding the demon to give way. And the people there shouted, do you want to die? Because the, all this putum was, was falling on his hands. I said, no. I don't want to die. I want to, I want to save him. They said, but they said, I understand that. I'm a scientist. But what you don't understand is this. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has set me free. They said, what do you mean? They said, get your test tube. Get your microscope. Real life. And they got it. They said, can you see the organism? They said, we can see the organisms. They said, watch. He dipped his bare finger and all the organisms died. He demonstrated the fact that the greater one was in him. So what in the world is tormenting you? Economically. Health-wise. Politically. Don't you think it's time for us to begin to rise to who we are? And stop pretending to be somebody else. So when I hear people say, preach, be who you are, they don't understand what they're saying. Be who you are, they pretend you be who you are so that you can take less. Be who you are and know that you are seated in the heavenlies above all principalities and powers. To confront the battle of life, don't start from a victim's mentality. Don't start from a defeated angle. Start from who you are. You are a son. Start from who you are and where you are. You are seated in the heavenlies, far above all principalities and powers. Start from where you are. You are not like any other person. Come on, you are nobility. You are royalty. And where the word of a king is there's power. Pronounce the word. And what was he doing? Tell them that you don't need to be afraid. Victory is here. <laughs> Pastor, we know this. I understand you know this. And that's why we should question your knowing. And we should question our knowing, as it were. A lot of people know, even born-again Christians know what I'm talking about. But what they know, their knowledge is just mere information. Information will not help you if you don't know how to apply it or what to do with it. Or some are even better. This is not information, it's knowledge. But what knowledge? Intellectual knowledge. This thing is not intellectual. And that's why you cannot apply it on the platform of the spirit. But you see, the amazing thing is that you have the capacity for physical knowledge. You have the capacity for emotional knowledge. You have the capacity for spiritual knowledge. You are a rare breed on earth. But it's not enough to know this until you know it and you are ready to begin to know it experientially. Ladies and gentlemen, let me say this to you. God holds the sovereignty. Hello? But you see, he has enabled us, he has made us certain people and he has enabled us to know who we are and what we have. And that's why we preach and say, see, 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 because of, by virtue of he who is in me, all I need to do sometimes is to look at you, and that's it. And if you have been tormented of the devil, the devil knows in trouble, and you see people reacting. I'm just looking. 
walking with the knowledge that greater is it as in me than it is in the world. So I just look. I just look. Sometimes in the physical, you feel being shortchanged, you feel being oppressed, and you don't want to throw your way. Just look. Or how do you explain? You will lay your hand on the sick, your hand. No wonder we lay hands all the time and nothing happens. But when you lay hands with the knowledge that the greater one is in you, the results. Yeah. What when you speak? When you speak with the knowledge that the greater one is in me, it says your tongue and your wisdom will be irresistible. That's what the Bible says. I'll give you a tongue and a wisdom that cannot be resisted. He says, my word in your mouth shall be like fire. Shall be like a hammer that will dash to pieces. You will decree a word, it shall come to pass. You will say something, angels will run to execute it. But it's you. See, somebody wrote, he said, it took a while for me to get it. Somebody said, he met a pastor preaching it. He said, sir, what you were saying was interesting. But you see, now I know. But there's a line I'm yet to touch. He said he understood what he was saying. He said, you see, when I went to the Latin school, it took me a while. Morning, afternoon, night, revising, practicing. It took me a while I started to understand. It took a while before I could really begin to express myself in Latin. It took a while before I could begin to, inter- I mean, to, to write, to interchange, you know, I mean, to, 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 to exchange letters with people. He said, today I'm an expert. He said, you know, I was thinking of this stuff, he said. He said, it's been bothering me. And so when I wake up, it's what I think. He said, when I'm going to bed, it's the last thing I'm thinking. He said, you looked at him. He said, you're on the right way. Because if you meditate day and night, the seed, the earth will produce of its own accord. No man knows how. So don't write yourself off from what I'm saying today. You want heaven on earth, you want great possibilities, you want to operate the way God intends for you to operate, you want to maximize your life on earth, listen to me, you are of God. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That is what he came to do. Come on, John 15. I am the real vine. My father is not a man. You are my branches. The branch is divine. The same life flows in them. Here Peter say, say you are a partaker of his divine nature. Here one more as I stop. The Bible says 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 19. That, that is, that God was who? Remember this, before 19 is 17, 17 says, if any man be in Christ, can you see, you are new. You are not the same creature that you were before you met him. You are changed. You are not like him. The 19 says, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling what? Come on, talk to me. To himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. And has what? What has he committed? The word of what? To who? So what he did, you can now do. How did he do it? God was in him. How will you do it? God is in you. 
Now you remember the prayers of Paul? That God will grant you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you will know the purpose. Or you go to chapter 2, say that God will grant you to be strengthened, according to his riches in glory, to be strengthened with might by the Holy Ghost in your inner man. So that Christ will dwell in your heart by faith. Or 1 Corinthians 3, 6, 16. Say your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Or 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you know that your temple, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you? Or temple of God that lives inside of you? That's the basis of Christianity. On the great day of the feast, he shouted, if anyone believes in me, out of his belly shall what? Come on, talk to me. Can you see the qualities and the characteristics of the greater one in a person? And when I say I'm looking, I'm talking, I'm, that's it flowing. Oh, if the same spirit Romans chapter 8 verse 11. That raised Christ from the dead. If he dwells where? What will he do? You can be healed straight away. Shall we rise? Tell a neighbor, I'm a son. Say it again, I'm a son. In the house. So whatever has been scaring you, now begin to shave it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Open your mouth and begin to declare, I'm a son. It doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, we are all sons of God. Begin to declare, you have the right of sonship in the kingdom of God. God will stop at nothing to make sure that you, you understand and you enjoy his love and you enjoy the privileges of a son. Just like in spite of what he did, the prodigal son, he got a ring, man. He got a change of robe. He got sandals. He got a feast. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information and materials from Pastor Tai Wudukoya, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church. 12 Industrial Estate Road by PZ Industries, Off Town Planning Way, Ilukoju, Lagos. Visit our website at www.tfolc.org. Thank you. God bless you.